0: Welcome to the Zinov Podcast. You're listening to our Business Resilience Series, where we bring to you conversations between eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they discuss their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that helps them navigate the journey of crisis, resilience, and growth.
1: Hello, and welcome to an all new episode of the Zinov Podcast Business Resilience Series. I am Praveen Badada, managing partner at Zinov, and I will be your host for today. The last 16 months or so have transformed our workplaces like never before in history, perhaps with the exception of the Industrial Revolution. The modern workplaces that would cater to the intergenerational workforces will not only need to be smart and intelligent, but also evolve to facilitate a hybrid working model. There has been a radical shift across work, workers, and the workplace, and innovation and technology has been instrumental in bringing about this change. To shed some light on what the future of work will hold for organizations and people, we have with us today, Serv Sarvanan, Vice President, Modern Work Solutions, and Telco Service and Industry Solutions at Microsoft. With over 25 years of experience in the IT industry, across various leadership roles in multiple tech giant organizations, Serv is well-positioned to share the ins and outs of the modern workplace that Microsoft is helping enable for their customers. Welcome, Serv and it's a real pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Praveen. Glad to be here. Awesome. So let's just dive uh, right into the questions, uh, sir. Uh, Like I said in my intro, you've had a, a really fantastic career so far spanning various technological evolutions and macroeconomic circumstances, including, of course, the current and the previous uh, you know, financial and global crisis. And you have gone through that journey, right, as a professional. So tell us a little bit about your background and what has been your top learning over the last 25 years of, of your professional journey.
2: Thank you, Praveen. Great question. Looking back my years of uh, work and career, I've seen com- companies come and go through this period. I think one thing that has been very clear for me is in every stage of the evolution of the tech industry, the industry has gone only bigger and bigger. That, of course, gave all of us opportunity to do different things, see innovation coming to fruition and changing lives. And you know particularly the uh, point in time that we are in, the early part of the pandemic is set. We have seen two years' worth of uh, digital transformation In two months, the tech industry participation in the GDP is 5%. By the turn of 2030, it's going to be 10%. And the most important thing is that it's not the contribution of the technology industry to the GDP, but also what this 10% means to 90%. I would say the best is to come, and we're all going to live and contribute to that and see how it changes lives. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Awesome. Absolutely, sir, and very well put. I think that's a lot of potential that is yet to unfold. Coming to the spotlight for today, right, a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be about hybrid work. We have recently done a survey with over 100 plus global CXOs of the world's largest enterprises and they've revealed that hybrid working model is going to be the organizational strategy even after the pandemic's over, right? So when you look at 2022, 2023, companies are constantly telling us that they will go remote, they will go hybrid. Many CXOs have also reported that the transformations are actually happening across not just work, but also includes workers and workplaces. So as someone who's been very closely looking at this evolution, very closely looking at this transformation, what is your take on the future models of hybrid work and more importantly, what is Microsoft's blueprint to enable this transition for your customers?
2: As you said, the pandemic induced digital transformation will continue even after the pandemic. For the first time in the history, the physical dimension of work has become a new factor. What this means is that's a role, our job need to be in a particular place to get the job done. We know retail, hospitality, leisure, and travel kind of industry, for example, need proximity. But the job we do, and many others, need not be. As a result, three trends we see. Hybrid and remote work will continue. 20 to 25% of workers from bigger economies could work from home three to five days in a week. That is four to five times the level before the pandemic. That, this has other implications. In urban areas, it may reduce mass transit, restaurants, and retail, and urban centers. The second thing is the growth in e-commerce and delivery economy is two to five times faster in terms of growth than the pre-pandemic scene. This will continue. This forces job shift from the likes of leisure and travel industries to distribution centers the last mile delivery kind of uh, businesses. This migration is estimated to be 100 million. I know you have shown research of new kinds of really high value kind of job creation as well across industries. And and couple that with this migration happening. For companies, the question is, how do they reimagine how and where the work is done? And in the process, figuring out how, they, how do they train and redeploy their employees? Let me highlight a study by you know, one of the firms um, you know, to determine how extensive remote work might persist, add to this in addition to your CXO um, you know, survey after the pandemic, they analyzed its potential in more than 2,000 tasks used in some 800 occupations. The pandemic demonstrated that much more work could be done remotely than we thought previously, including business sales calls, legal arbitration trials, doctor visits that we've seen, classroom learning. Our kids have gone through that real estate, even expert repairs of world's most sophisticated machinery made with the help of virtual reality headsets, let alone the kind of work that we do. All studies, all we have seen, whatever we have spoken to customers about, this is mining, and we want to make sure that we provide them with the right set of tools and the right platform for them to try and continue to be successful in their business. That's what MS
1: is focused on. Absolutely. I love the four uh, kind of broad areas you talked about which is one the continuance of remote and hybrid work digital kind of commerce including e-commerce and social new types of skills and and more importantly the infusion of ai and automation and everything i think when i look at these four broad trends right one thing that comes to mind is that these are scenarios that are owned at different levels in an organization that different people who own these functions right so as you think of this work, worker, workplace transformation of the future, in your view of the world as you engage with customers, who do you think are the custodians of this transformation? Because it's so diverse and so spread across. Who is owning the charter, in in your view, in the world? This is no longer a
2: technology decision-maker conversation, Praveen. This is, mature. is deeply involved in these kind of conversations, CEOs themselves, because our organization capability and the long-term consequence of that, if it is not dealt with well, is a big question for the CEOs, uh, COOs, and it's really a CXO-level conversation that we see broadly. And they are concerned about, if you have to look at what are the, the top questions in their mind, improved operational productivity. How do I hire and retain the top talent? That's the big question. Automation, I would say, it's still you know still in the early stages. It's not just automation; it's really bringing intelligence, cognitive services together, low code, no code kind of thing. That will become an universal phenomenon as the companies become more and more digital, as they want to see themselves as software or technology companies. I mean, as a consequence of that, personas are changing in every industry. The job personas and profiles are changing. So therefore, the next big question everyone has is, how am I going to reskill employees? How am I going you know, to skill them up, uh, upskill them today and skill them up for the future, for them to be relevant, for their business to be relevant? And in the process, worker transformation, a major thing. And all you know, our employees are going through unprecedented times, being able to balance between work and life, you know, as cost hardship, the everyone pandemic. So the employee experience has come to the forefront. So one of the top priority items we see in enterprises of all kinds, but you know, if they don't deal with it, will they become an employer of choice in the future? That's a big question for them. And of course, continuing to improve the collaboration and productivity platforms that they have. And also another trend we see in this process is the collaboration and business process come together, right? I mean, the paradigm is converging. Those are the five things that are dominant themes of the CXOs in our conversation.
1: Absolutely. I think those are all five great points and a lot of follow-up questions come to my mind, sir, based on what you just said. So I'm going to ask you a couple of them in conjunction in continuation to what you've kind of highlighted. In fact, in our survey also, CXOs have told us, 90% of them have actually told us that digitization of operations will be one of their key focus areas as they think of transforming work. You talked about automation quite a bit, and we have done the estimates at about $14 $14 billion worth of investment went into automation technologies just last year in 2020, right? And this industry has a much larger potential. And we know that Microsoft has been making huge strides in this space with our platform and the surrounding ecosystem around this. If you can tell our audience a little bit about your journey on the automation side and what have been your learnings so far as you evolve to becoming a dominant player in the automation world, what are the top two or three things that you're unearthing at the moment?
2: So we don't see um, automation in isolation on the collaboration platform. And we bring it all together. Our teams, we don't just see it as a collaboration platform for people to chat, for people to come together uh, and do meetings. We see that as a business process hub as well for the enterprise. We want to see increasingly teams as a business process hub. The reason why I say that is that as you combine the power platform capability or collaboration automation, collaboration doesn't happen outside, I mean, shouldn't happen outside of the business process. It has to be part of the business process. The only way we can make it happen is really fuse the platform together, the automation and the collaboration platform. So um, we're introducing as a result sort of this collaborative app development type thing, bringing the power of um, our platform, the teams together, automation happening in the process of collaboration and merging the two paradigm So that's the direction we are on. And therefore, we see teams as a process for the enterprise and there are lots of benefits as a result of that we see one first of all the workplace analytics now we, we gather a lot of signals through this process the platform has these diverse capabilities coming together and the signals can come handy in various different ways not just to model the well, wellness of your employees but also what's happening in the flow of work and what are the uh, opportunities available for you to go tweak the process or automate and not so automated processes you know there's Tons of things that you can do as a result of uh, signals coming from the platform and the analytics around it, and not just productivity and improving collaboration. And also, you kind of uh, get a sense of uh, how the culture of the organizational team is evolving as they use these tools and use that, uh, those signals to further improve productivity or improve the wellness of your employees and all through the same sort of platform. That's why we see them as more integrated platform, if you will.
1: I think that's very well put and very well articulated, uh, sir. And congratulations, first of all, for 250 million users on the Teams platform. I think that's a big milestone. And we, we are very proud to use Teams as our platform of choice. I think we have had a lot of productivity gains because of the platform and the integrations that you provided. Just picking on your point around reskilling and upskilling that you talked about, and we've also done a lot of analysis of the market It is clear that the future of the work will be at the confluence of humans, machines, and AIs all working together. And this so-called division of labor, if you will, right, sir, will create about 100 million new jobs. In our view, this is going to be a net new jobs creator instead of jobs eliminator. But with creation of new jobs comes a very different problem of upskilling, reskilling, and relevance of existing resources, right? So give us a little bit of a roadmap in terms of how Microsoft is going to address the skilling problem, both on the frontline side as well as 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 on the knowledge worker side. What are some of the initiatives and investments that we can expect in the future? The
2: uh, skilling front, there's a major component of Viva, which is an employee experience platform we have introduced called Viva Learning, right? While that is the platform capability, the Viva Learning is really about integrating a different source of uh, learning content into platform itself, LinkedIn Learning or any other platform enterprise chooses to have their content coming from. But I think the most important thing that being available as part of Viva platform, uh, Viva, is making that available in the flow of work as opposed to employees going out and learning through different systems, LMS and all of that. There's an opportunity for us to integrate into the Viva platform, which is something that they use every day, right? I think the industry solutions, modern work, we're taking that to the next level. We want to make sure that customers gain incredible outcome that really serve their um, businesses well. So what we are doing is not only Microsoft tools, we're also um, uh, looking to integrate pretty innovative tools from startups and other companies that will make the whole experience complete. What do I mean by that is the future work. I think we got to look at it in the context of the industry that you are in. I think the personal shift on those sort of things based on automation, those things have industry context, if you will. Financial services, you've got to look at how a loan officer, perhaps, their job would evolve to something else, risk analyst, if you will. In a few years from now, as a result of automation, as a result of no-code, low-code revolution, being digital, you know, all of that kind of stuff, right? Therefore, based on the industry context that the customer is in, how jobs are evolving, personas are shifting, and therefore what are the learning pathways we can serve the individual employees in that particular industry Worth and it could also combine not just how the job is evolving, but also it could also be uh, combining their own aspiration as well.
1: Awesome. One of the big things that came out of our survey, uh, sir, with the global CXOs was the issue around change management. While everyone gets the idea of this being the future, orienting oneself into a full blown strategy around W3 transformation is not easy, as you can imagine. What are your learnings, or rather, what are the best practices that you have uncovered to be able to enable companies to go through that change management process, right? What do you recommend? If companies are on the fence right now, how should they think about infusing this change at the enterprise level?
2: I think this is not just going and deploying some technology. And these are platforms that will drive change at a broader level and, in fact, has a huge consequence on the culture of the organization as well. I think this is not just some technology work. uh, I recommend any company that is going through this process to really employ adoption and change management experts to help them assess where they are and their propensity for adoption and using platform signals to see how the change is being absorbed and what kind of learning practices that they can establish. We do have hundreds of experts around the world uh, that are working with large enterprise customers delivering the change management intervention to make sure that their investment is paying them and they're able to go through the cultural transformation as they adopt technologies, as they go through digital transformation. Adoption and change management is incredibly important to see the payback and to see change happening within the company.
1: Awesome. I think we're almost at the end of our podcast. Uh, Before I let you go, sir, I usually ask a personal recommendation that you want to give to our customers. It's got nothing to do with modern work or hybrid work. It could be a book that you've read, a restaurant that you've gone, a dish that you've tried, a place that you've visited. What is that one recommendation that you'd give to our audience uh, today? Uh, the one book that I'm reading right now is uh, The 5 a.m. Club.
2: I thought I probably needed with the pandemic and dealing with the current situation that we are all going through, probably some kind of help needed there. And the one that I, I picked up to read next is Working Backwards. Of course, it's <laughs> from a competitor, but
1: good insights and wisdom can come from anywhere, right? <laughs> awesome. I love both the books. I've read portions of both of them. Uh, thank you so much sir this was a really a really interesting conversation and thank you for sharing your perspectives on the uh, work workplace transformation that is currently underway across organizations and also how microsoft has been instrumental in that journey hey previn
2: first of all thank you for your business using teams and, <laughs> and thank you for having me on the show I enjoyed our
1: conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for everything, uh, sir. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this latest episode of the Zenov Podcast Business Resilience Series. Hope you took away some amazing insights on the modern workplace that awaits us on the other side of this pandemic. We will be back with another trailblazing leader soon. Until then, take care and stay safe. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Business Resilience Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. To know more about Zenov, visit our website, www.zenov.com or drop us a note at info at zinov.com. Follow us on Twitter at Zenov for regular updates on our content. Thank you again for listening to the Business Resilience Series of the Zenov Podcast.